All right, as we turn our Bibles to the book of Acts, we'll be in Acts chapter number 1 to a familiar verse of Scripture tonight, Acts chapter number 1. And of course, today we've designated this as a missions emphasis day. And uh, when the Lord uh, confirmed in my heart this is what He wanted done today, then uh, I set this day aside. And tonight I'm going to uh, take some time to uh, go through uh, what I believe the Lord have us go through when it comes to missions and realizing uh, what the Lord has been doing in our church for some time. And I'm going to talk about some things the Lord's done in my heart. And uh, there, it'll be a little bit unusual, won't be the typical uh, message, point number one, point number two, three, and four. Uh, we'll go through. I'll remind us of some things this evening. And then I'm going to give us some facts. I'm going to give us some failures. I'm going to give us some observations. I'm going to give us some declarations. And then talk through uh, some of what God's been doing with our missions. And so uh, you can relax a little bit. I'm not going to dump anything new on you tonight, but I'm going to hopefully show how God has been placing in our ministry, not just over the last few years, but over the last many years, uh, the means and the ministries and the people uh, to accomplish what he wants us to accomplish as his church. See, Pastor, what does he want us to accomplish as his church? Fulfill, fulfill the Great Commission, uh, to reach people with the gospel, to try and reach the world. Uh, that's what uh, he would have us to do. And so uh, I, I, I pray that I'm able to communicate what the Lord has put in my heart and communicate in such a way that it's easy to understand. This is probably one of those that you're going to want to revisit from time to time. Let's look at a familiar verse of Scripture, Acts chapter number 1 and verse number 8. Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. Of course, we know that Jesus is, is going to ascend to heaven. He has already come and died on the cross, paid for man's sins, resurrected from the grave, and he has commissioned his church, and he's commissioning them and explaining to them uh, what he wants them to do. And of course, this same declaration, uh, the same mandate, if you will, to his church, his early, his first church is the same to us today as his church. And so let's be reminded in verse number eight, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Uh, tonight, I want to use this uh, verse of Scripture, uh, which does have that gospel mandate, which does remind us of the Great Commission, which does remind us of reaching the world with the gospel. Uh, we're going to use this verse tonight to... Uh, hopefully uh, give us some clarity on some things, hit some reset buttons, and uh, give us a focus uh, for the future uh, as the Emmanuel Baptist Church. So tonight I want to, uh, I've, I've given this the title of the need for a missions revolution. The needs for a missions revolution. And when I use that word revolution, meaning we need some change. Uh, and a lot of the change we need is, is not something new, it's a return to what the Bible has stated the missions program for the church is supposed to be. And so I want you to be patient with me tonight as this is going to be a lot of uh, uh, almost like a, a teaching session of what I believe the Bible is teaching for missions and how that, that could be readily applied to what, we, what he's got us doing. And so let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray that you would use your word tonight. Uh, may it be a uh, help to us, a reminder to us. I pray that you would use your church, 
uh, in greater ways in the future. May we have our hearts in tune with what you'd have for us to do. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Much of what I'm going to say tonight, I, I haven't mentioned to anyone. Um, this is the result of a work the Lord has been doing in my heart uh, for several years now. Uh, I guess it's going on three years ago, I felt impressed to uh, go through the Bible from Genesis all the way through Revelation and make a note of every reference uh, that applies to uh, soul winning, reaching people with the gospel, uh, reaching the world. And as you can imagine, it's quite a lengthy list. I went through and did my own personal study, and out of that came that series on the Great Commission. If you notice, if you reminded that series on the Great Commission, we did not just stay in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19 and 20 because the Bible is about the Great Commission. And there's so many uh, references to that. And so uh, from that, the Lord began to do a work in my heart about what, how uh, the Lord would use me in my ministry and as his preacher and what God would want from me. And of course, how God wants to use me is not up to me. It's up to him. What would God want for us as, our, as a church? Uh, we, we know in simple terms, general terms, what God wants for us as a church, but exactly how and in what way are we to be a catalyst? In what way can we help reach people with the gospel? And so, uh, and so the Lord's been working on some things in my heart, in my, in my life, and I think it has been evident in my mind and heart how God has kind of put some things in motion and put some last pieces in place over the last few years, uh, as, as you, I, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, uh, but there's been a lot that we have uh, been involved in. There's been a lot that the Lord has uh, started with a burden in my heart and has seemed to make it come about. Uh, we, from uh, church planning in Africa to aviation to the Amanda Ranch, all those things. And even recently, I, I, I was praying with the Lord. I said, Lord, I've done everything that I feel like you've put in my heart to, to, to do and to get going. And you've got to take it from here. And in that time to now, that God has put some things in place. And I believe that uh, it, we're going to see the evidence of this in, things, in, 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 in days to come. We live in a world today that's certainly been the, the mindset of God's people. There's a call today and a plea for money and missionaries to go to the world. As I preached this morning, the world without Christ is dead. It's a world in control of the prince and the power of the air. We're commanded to go into the world. I think we would all agree with that. We must, though, when we think of this, realize that God is an orderly God. God has a plan. He didn't just say to his church, go into the world and, and, and win the world. No, he told them specifically, win them, to teach them the things they don't know, baptize them, and to uh, train them, to teach them, to disciple them, so that then they can give the gospel to someone else. He gives that order. Then in our text tonight, he gives us an order. He doesn't just give us destinations. He gives us an order. And I'm going to have Brother Wilson help me tonight, and I had him uh, create these slides for us to have up the whole time to remind us of not just the destination, but the order. The Bible says for us to, we'll receive power after we have the Holy Ghost come upon us. We have the Holy Ghost power. And then we're to be witnesses of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost. 
Those are the destinations. Now, if you think of it, that's the world. But let's think of what Christ is saying to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other most. Jerusalem is where we live. It is our home. Jesus told those disciples, right here is where you start. You give the gospel to Jerusalem. Judea is the surrounding area around Jerusalem. Once you've been a witness in Jerusalem, you go to Judea and give the gospel to Judea. Then when that is done, the region expands again to Samaria. And then you take the gospel to Samaria. And then after Samaria, you take it to the uttermost. He was reminding them that the gospel, there are to be witnesses to the world, but there's also, just like there's a plan and there's an order with win them, baptize them, teach them, I believe God has not just given us the destination, but the plan. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost. See, it's, it's important for you and I to understand our Jerusalem is Jacksonville, Florida. That's our Jerusalem. But to the Christians in the Philippines, where is their Jerusalem? It's in the Philippines. To the, to the, to the, to the Christians on the other side of the country, where is their Jerusalem? To those in Spanish-speaking countries, where is their Jerusalem? So you can see that God's plan is you start in your Jerusalem, then you go to your Judea, then you go to your Samaria, and then to the uttermost. And over time... My Jerusalem is going to connect with your Jerusalem because we've reached our Samaria, our Judea, and our Samaria, and our uttermost. There is not just the destination, there is a plan. Now, I'm going to state some facts with that in mind. Then I'm going to give us some failures, make some observations and declarations. Please stay with me tonight. There's a few facts I want us to be aware of. One... Jesus gave the Great Commission to the institution of the local church. We know this. I've preached this. We've established this. Jesus gave the, commission, the Great Commission to the institution of the local church. That is a fact. You cannot dispute it. It is established in Scripture. He did not give it to any other institution. God founded the institution of the home, but he didn't give that commission to the institution of the home. Matter of fact, he said, put your home inside the church, and then the church go and fulfill the great commission. This is where we have failed. And when I say we, I mean we as, as, as God's people. We as, in my, this is my opinion, that we as, as, as Bible-believing people, we as churches. The fact is, Jesus gave the great commission to the institution of the local church. A failure is we have offloaded our responsibility to reach the world to mission boards and missionaries. That is a failure of God's church. It is not up to a mission board to reach the world. Now tonight, you may seem, and I'm going to teach this to the pastors who were here in just a few weeks at, <clears throat> at the Preachers of Light conference. You may, I'll say, I'm not anti-mission board. I'm pro-local church. And because I'm pro-local church, 
you take it as anti-mission board, well, then you're just going to have to take it that way because I'm pro-local church. Jesus gave the Great Commission to the institution of local church. We have offloaded our responsibility to reach the world to mission boards. Fact number two, missions, the Great Commission, by the way, the Great Commission and missions, in my mind, are interchangeable. It's the same. Well, I'm involved in missions, then you're involved in the Great Commission. If you're not involved in the Great Commission, some form or fashion, if you want to know if you are, refer to those 29 messages that I preach. There's many ways for you and I to be involved. There's multiple ways for you and I to be involved. That's being involved in missions. You don't have to, if God calls you to go to another place in this world, that's being involved in missions. But when you go to Jerusalem, that's being involved in missions. The second fact is missions, or the Great Commission, is to begin in Jerusalem. You all see the words in your Bible. You see them up on the monitors tonight. Jerusalem is first. Jerusalem must be reached. We, we, that is a fact. It is to begin in Jerusalem. Where were those disciples? They were in Jerusalem. Here's a failure. We are, and this is going to challenge, my missions thinking has been challenged. Because I want to be in line with this more than I'm in line with the way that it's been. Or more than, than being popular with the brethren. Missions is to begin in Jerusalem. We have failed. Failure number two is we are putting our greatest efforts into the uttermost while failing in Jerusalem. We are putting our greatest efforts into the uttermost while failing in Jerusalem. I know it's not true in this church, maybe in the heart of somebody, but not true in this church, but it may be true in others, that we can give a report from another country, we can show poverty in another country, we can put some, so, some children that have been neglected and they need the gospel in another country, and I'm for reaching all that, but yet we drive by the very same things in our Jerusalem, and we can't be moved to buy a church bus. We can't be moved to get involved in Sunday school. We can't be moved to go soul winning. We can't be moved, but let a missionary come in, and we will hire them to go to the uttermost by neglecting our Jerusalem. But the fact is, missions is to start in our Jerusalem. We are sending, for example, we have missionaries we support in the Philippines. you realize the Philippines are sending missionaries to America? So why are they doing that? It's their uttermost. But we, we, we are, and thankfully, we are sending missionaries so that they can in turn send missionaries, but it's supposed to start in our Jerusalem. If we as a church are putting all of our investment in the uttermost, we failed. I did not say God would not use our investment in the uttermost to see people saved. But I believe according to what he's teaching, we failed. Because we have not started with our Jerusalem. The mission is supposed to begin in Jerusalem. The failure, we are putting our greatest efforts into the uttermost while failing in Jerusalem. I, you've heard me say through the years, I, I don't want to be a church where you have 100 pictures on the wall of missionaries and we're doing nothing to reach our city. That's another way of saying what I'm saying right here. We're supposed to put our efforts first in Jerusalem. Fact number three. 
when the missions movement began, they were organized from a position of a strong Jerusalem. When the missions movement began, they were organized from a position of a strong Jerusalem. I'm going to reference two examples. As you may or may not know, Hudson Taylor is one of my favorite preachers of the past, missionary, in my mind, one of the greatest missionaries that ever lived. I've used this illustration of when Hudson Taylor was a young man, his parents received a periodical pleading to the masses of Christians in England to pray for missionaries to go to China. And there was a plea for hundreds of missionaries. And to the credit of those Christians, they prayed and prepared for God to send those missionaries. Hudson Taylor, if you don't know his biography, he was prepared. He was a medical doctor. And without him knowing, his parents began to pray, Lord, would you send our child? Would you call our child? Never told him until after the Lord got a hold of his heart and he surrendered to go to China. Boy, read his biography, the, the, the impact that he made in China. But the reason why there was an influx of those missionaries is because it was organized from a strong Jerusalem. Those Christians in England, it was a strong Christian foundation. So let's send to the uttermost. I'll give you another example closer to home. Dr. Lee Robertson in the 1960s and 80s. Dr. Lee Robertson in, in, in the area of missions, literally, I do not think we understand. And the further we get away from his ministry, you have an understanding of the impact that ministry had around the world. I could stand here literally for hours and give examples of missionaries that I have been in their churches on foreign fields. It was a missionary who was trained under the ministry of Dr. Lee Robertson. And in the 60s through the 80s, there was an organization of a missions movement from the foundation of a strong Jerusalem. If you study and you look at church history, and we're not that far removed from it. You didn't know you were living through history, did you? One of the strongest periods, I believe, in history took place in this country from the 50s into the 80s. Strong churches, soul winning churches, people being saved by the masses. From that position of strength, you've heard me reference in this, own, in this city, even going back just to the 80s, the number of churches that were Bible preaching were soul winning churches that ran in the thousands. And so Jerusalem was strong. So we send missionaries. That's the organization came from a position of a strong Jerusalem. Here's where we failed. We have neglected our first and greatest priority. It's America. This is a fact. I know it to be true. That if a man feels called for him and his family to go to another country, and there are certain continents and certain countries that if he's called to, 
He can raise support just like that. I'm not against that. But let a man feel that God's put a burden on him to reach some town in the United States of America, and he can't get any support. He can't get any help. Why would you want to go there? We have failed to realize that the first and greatest priority, our Jerusalem, has been neglected. These are facts. These are failures. Let me give you an illustration. The, I am, I'm excited and I, I'm glad that there's the number of churches there are that give thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to missions. This church gives a lot of money to missions. I'm thankful for the churches that give even beyond what we give. I'm thankful for that. But let me give you an illustration. In our own country, I would dare say the average American is tired of millions and millions and millions of dollars going to Ukraine and going to these other countries while our veterans are sleeping on the street, while our infrastructure is crumbling, and we are sending all of these resources to another country. Well, don't they need the help? Maybe they do, but what I'm saying is, how about we take care of home first? Because eventually... We will have nothing to not just take care of what we need to take care of. We won't have anything to help those other countries. Because we will not be able to help ourselves. Sadly, this is a fact that you can't, in my mind cannot be argued. It's the same thing that's happened in the area of missions. We have taken all of our resources and we have sent them other places while we have ignored our own Jerusalem. We let, we let neighborhoods spring up and we have no concern and no plan to get them the gospel. We have no concern to reach those children who are being indoctrinated in the public schools. We have no plan to reach our neighbors and to reach those in the towns just on the other side of us that have no Bible preaching church. But yet we'll send all of our resources, we'll send everything we have to the uttermost which they need the gospel too, don't get me wrong. But I believe that we're supposed to take care of our Jerusalem first. I think we failed in that. Here's some observations that may or may not resonate with you, but it's important for us as a church, it's important for me to, to say these things I'm saying. The observation because of all this I've made is we have not copied the New Testament church and missions. But we've copied the Southern Baptist Convention and other man-made institutions. I'm not saying these people are necessarily bad. I'm not saying God hasn't used these missions efforts. I'm just saying it's not the New Testament church. They are not the New Testament church model. You will not find a board running anything in Scripture. You find Jesus saying to his church and to every New Testament church, fulfill the Great Commission. 
reach your Jerusalem, reach Judea, reach Samaria, reach the uttermost. That's his plan. Say, Pastor, what are you talking about with, with, with that? Because they are bored run. We as independent Baptists have submitted and offloaded the responsibility of missions, the mandate of the church, to a board. What's wrong with a board? It's only as strong as its weakest member. You've heard of all. Well, our, our board, we're, we're strong doctrinally. Well, I see your board members and... You're only as strong as the weakest one. Well, we, we believe in soul winning. Well, your board members aren't personal soul winners. And I, I'm not trying to cause trouble, but when that conference comes around, I'm going to challenge every pastor there, go home and call the mission boards that you support missionaries of and ask them if every one of their board members, every one of their office workers, every one of their field directors is a personal soul winner. Because you can say you're for soul winning, but if, if you're board, it's the weakest board member. A board is only as strong as the weakest member is in separation. But Lord, it's taken me years to get to the point where he wanted me to say these things publicly. But, but I'm not having board members and many who are pastors who... Their separation would eliminate them from teaching a Sunday school class in this church, having any accountability over one of my missionaries. So that leads me to some declarations for the Emmanuel Baptist Church. The Emmanuel Baptist Church will operate its missions program from the position of the Great Commission. That's number one. We do that already, but I like wording it that way. Which means part of the Great Commission is winning. It means baptizing. But it also means teaching. Teaching takes time. Usually it's going to take a generation to see how well that Great Commission was fulfilled because of what's left behind. That's declaration number one. The Emmanuel Baptist Church will operate its mission program from the position of the Great Commission. Declaration number two. The Emmanuel Baptist Church will structure its missions program with its greatest emphasis being in Jerusalem. We're going to put more of our resources into our Jerusalem than the uttermost, and I'm not going to feel bad about it. Say, Pastor, I think we ought to support more in this country. We'll give more missions money. But we have missed this. You say, well, I don't, I don't find all that. In the they didn't have Christian schools in the Bible. They didn't have bus ministries. But they had means of fulfilling the Great Commission. So declaration number two, the Emmanuel Baptist Church will structure its missions program with its greatest emphasis being in Jerusalem. <clears throat> declaration number three, I only have three tonight. The Emmanuel Baptist Church will not submit its scriptural responsibility or authority to a board or any other parachurch organization. The Emmanuel Baptist Church will not submit its scriptural responsibility or authority to a board or any other parachurch organization. That's why it's important for us to be fulfilling the Great Commission. You say, well, well are we not going to send out missionaries? We are going to send out missionaries, but we're going to send them out under the authority of the Emmanuel Baptist Church. 
Because I don't like it when boards take the missionaries that we have invested in, come out of our church, and introduce them to people who will undermine their church. And so if, 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 they, if they're not on board, why would we submit ourselves to them? We're not going to. I, quite frankly, I don't appreciate sending somebody out to start, start a church and then, oh, by the way, I know you sent under the authority of the church, but I've decided to do something else. I don't like that. We're not going to submit our scriptural responsibility. We, as God's church, have a responsibility to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost. That's our responsibility. We're not the only church in the world doing this, but we're going to act like it. We're going to act like it's all up to us. Now, there are other churches that are, that are, that are trying to do just what we're doing, but we're going to act like it's all up to us. And Lord willing, one day, we're going to be like it's been in the past. We're going to bump into soul winners from a bunch of other churches. We're going to bump into people from a bunch of other churches. That, that's the way it's got to be. Why? Because we start with our Jerusalem. So what does all that mean? That's my introduction tonight. This is a brief, you may not sound brief to you, but this is a brief foundation return, if you will, to what I believe the Bible teaches. I stated this morning, I stated before I started, that God's been putting the pieces into what I believe the Lord has wanted to do because of what He was going to do in our church. Let me mention some things that I consider our mission program. I've thought this way because it's the way I've always, it's what I've always been exposed to. And I was exposed to this, as many were who grew up in church, not because it was a bad thing, because of the things that I've talked about. Things were organized out of positions of strength, out of positions of a strong Jerusalem. I think you and I would agree Jerusalem's not as, our Jerusalem's not as strong as it's been. Matter of fact, it's, it's the greatest need of missionaries. So our, let me give you some, we have missionaries that we support on different continents and different countries, but I'm going to tell you what I consider missions, projects, Missions, as far as our church is concerned. Now, I've already said, here's the order. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the other most. As I look at that, there's an order of going first. I've already made the point that we have failed because we have put all of our resources into the other most and we've neglected our Jerusalem. I would submit to you that if we keep our Jerusalem strong, we'll have more to put into the other most. But my first responsibility is to Jerusalem. Let me say it like this. I should not care more for the souls of those in Africa than I care for the souls that live across the street from me. I shouldn't care less for them. You say, well, Pastor, we don't care more. Where, where, where's the emphasis? This is what I can... These are, these, are, these are ministries. These are things that I consider as missions ministries. I call this, organize this in my mind, as Impact Jacks. I want to reach Jacksonville with the gospel. Amen. However it means. We want to grow our church. But I want to expand. I want to, I, want, I want to grow out and reach Jacksonville with the gospel. I look at our ministry of Christian education as a missions ministry. 
Our Christian school teachers, they're educators, but they're missionaries. Because missions is the Great Commission. It's, it's a discipleship ministry. The additional campuses that I, I believe the Lord is going to give us, it's a, it's a missions ministry. The gospel is going to be given. Children are going to have an opportunity to grow in the right environment. I believe a daycare is the same thing. North Florida Baptist College is, is a missions ministry. Why? Because we are training missionaries, training Christian workers, training faithful church members so that they can be part of the Great Commission. And by the way, there's some good things that have been happening behind the scenes that, Lord willing, I'll be able to share soon. But that's a missions ministry. Brian Publications is a missions ministry. The printing of the gospel, the printing of truth. We're very, very close to be printing New Testaments and printing Bibles. We print tracts and we, 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 we print tracts for, for all kinds of churches, and that's going to grow with the future. This one's going to shock you. I think the Preacher's Delight Conference is a missions ministry. Because it's ministering to our Jerusalem, to our Judea, to our Samaria. And I look at that as our city, our state, our continent. That's where we start. Well, what are we saying about, I love America, but we won't do anything to to reach America. I believe that's a missions ministry. I believe the Amanda Ranch is a missions ministry. It's a discipleship ministry. It's a gospel-giving ministry. Camp New Beginnings is a missions ministry. Reaching Spanish Nations is a missions ministry. Operation Light is a missions ministry. A new endeavor that the doors open, Christ for the Caribbean, is a missions ministry. Aviation is a missions ministry. This is our Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria. Is this making sense tonight? So God has put all of these things here, and sometimes not even understanding why God's put them here. I can take you to all, all, I can talk tonight about Operation Light, all these things, and the time when God worked in my heart and said, this is something that that I want you and the church to do. And that's where they were born out of. And God has put things here, not understanding how they all intertwine. So this morning I shared with you what I'm calling the Great Commission Mission. So Brother Brother Wilson, I'll let you trade that slide out. And we look at the Great Commission. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. You ever seen that scripture before? Okay. Teach all nations. There's not a separate missions program for a country across the sea. It's all nations. The Great Commission works for all nations. So, uh, with that, go ahead to the next one, Brother Wilson. I scared briefly our goals and our vision. Just something through prayer and through some, even some time of fasting and just thinking about what the, how the, uh, what the Lord would have us do as He's put all of these things inside of our church. It is, it's, Lord, I've, I've been faithful to try and step forward by faith. Now, you've got to take these things, and you've got to do with them what you can do with them. So our goal is this, to train thousands of soul winners. I'm going to tell you how we're going to do that in just a few moments. That would be a good thing, don't you think? 
I look at it as like, man, if I, if I have to reach the world personally, that's going to take a long time. If it's up to just us, that's going to take a long time. Well, I think the best way to do it is through the Great Commission. We're training thousands of soul winners. We're helping facilitate the planning of hundreds of churches. We're already involved in that. Provide training materials for national pastors worldwide. That's where our publications ministry comes into play. Assist foreign churches to becoming self-sustaining, meaning that they are established, they're self-sustaining, and they're starting, they can start other churches. I believe that's God's plan. Go to the next slide, if you will. Here's some of the things we're going to do. We're having what, I've, I've, the Lord's opened doors for me in the past and some of the others to go with us, and I believe more, we're going to be able to take more with us is to these, these other countries, is, to the Caribbean, to Spanish-speaking countries and those sort of things, and even here in the United States. And, and I'm making a, I'm deciding for myself that the only way I'm going to go to these if they're a Great Commission conference. I don't need to go to another country to, to, to stamp my passport. But I will to have a Great Commission conference to preach on the Great Commission. I believe those messages the Lord gave me helped our church. I believe those truths will help any church. So as the Lord allows, we'll have some Great Commission conferences. Where we'll just preach on the Great Commission. We have some of those scheduled already for next year in several countries. Great Commission training. We have a Great Commission curriculum. And we'll be, we'll be scheduling more of those trainings in our ministry. We're going to translate that into even other languages. And so that that can be taken. And there can be the proper training of how does a new Christian grow and learn and know how to give the gospel. I believe that's, if we're going to train thousands of soul winners, this is how we're going to do it. So that's what that'll look like. We'll have the preaching on the Great Commission, the training, and then the Great Commission materials. It ties in with that training of providing the materials. I said this morning, I have more Bibles in the shelves in my study than some of these churches have in their whole church in these other countries. It's not because they don't love the Word of God. It's because they don't have the Word of God in their country. So if they're going to have materials to train, they have, somebody has to provide those materials for them so they can be trained. And one thing that I know, just in the countries I've been in, and in places, even in our own country I refer to this, is the fact that there are people hungry for the Word of God. They're hungry for the gospel. And so uh, this is part of our Great Commission mission. Uh, you remember this year, I mentioned, I would love, I'm praying, and we'll, we, I don't think there's any way for us to know this till we get to heaven. But I'm like, Lord, if we do all this, uh, can we influence a million souls to trust Christ? Matter of fact, that's a greater goal than any other goal this ministry could set. Okay, go to the next slide for me, if you would. Now, here's our strategy. You say, Pastor, how are we going to do that? Using aviation to facilitate the movement of men and materials to expedite the gospel, using technology to reach the world with the gospel message, and using publications to provide Bibles and printed materials. And let me walk you through these. Many times we are very, very slow to realize the day we live in. Now let me be very clear, this book does not change. The book of Jude says the faith once delivered to the saints. It was delivered one time. There hasn't been another one coming. There's not another one coming. Salvation, the story of salvation is as old as this book. 
it, it, it's, it's, it's not going to change. Because the times change, we don't change our message. That's a whole other story of, of how we failed. We've tried to change the message for the times. But the times have changed. You, if, you study, there was, if you study the missions movement, if you will, there was a time when nobody could leave this country and go to another continent. And then what they would do, they'd sell everything they had, and there was a ship that would take them from one shore to the other shore. And that opened up. We know we live in a day where you don't have to get on a boat. Two-month voyage. You know, there's aviation to get us to where we need to go. There's technology. Let me tell you how the technology comes in. We need to realize the day that we're in. I believe Jesus is coming soon. If he's coming soon, we ought to take advantage of every opportunity we have to get the gospel to, to this lost world. Let me, let me give you an illustration of how, how, this, how this will work. For example, we, we have a conference, a Great Commission meeting scheduled in Ecuador next year. We'll go to Ecuador, I, Lord willing. I'm planning on going, Lord willing, preach on the Great Commission. I, it'll be translated just for those of you that don't know. We'll take that material and we'll use it to train soul winners. You cannot train soul winners in one week everything they need to be trained. But we'll go and excite them. We'll put some materials in their hand. And then for the next several weeks, Brother Peyton can get on a Zoom call with them. When they have that curriculum there in their hands and train them in the Great Commission. Now, why would we not take advantage of technology? Our, the, the aviation ministry that I know some of you are scared of. I promise you, you're not as scared of it as I am. But the fact of the matter is, God has dropped that here. And Lord willing, in, by the end of the month, it's moving from Orlando to its new home, the, the regional airport in Lake City, Florida. It's, it's on the books. The Lord has provided that means for us to do that. That's a good thing. You say, well, what are we going to do with that? I don't know everything we're going to do with that. Say, Pastor, why, why don't you sell it? You write the check, and I'll, I, will, I will give you the deed. I will, I, whatever, I, I will give it to you. But if the Lord's big enough to give it, he's going to have to put it in the air. But could you imagine loading up a 737 with soul winners and taking it to one of these countries or taking it to another town? Wait, well, that's just something God's going to have to do. Publications. We have printed materials. We, we're close to being able to print Bibles. We have tracts and things of that nature that literally if we can get these to these other countries, it will be the only ones in their country. Think about that. That's the strategy for doing what we've mentioned would be a goal to do. Go ahead to the next slide. So how are we going to pay for all this? Oh, I knew, Pastor. No, 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 listen to me. We're establishing the Great Commission Trust. What does this mean? This is monthly support from churches, just like a missionary would be supported. It's monthly support from individuals. It's project fundraising, trips, Bibles, materials. I'm thankful there's many 
pastors who are aware of what God has been doing here with our missions and the aviation and all these things. And they have said, as soon as you're ready, send somebody to our church, we're supporting it. One pastor who, 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 who I'll be preaching for him next year um, even made the statement, he said, Pastor Neil, tens of thousands of Christians need to get on board with this so that we can get the gospel around the world. Um, so we're setting up the Great Commission Trust so that churches and individuals can give to it so that it can fund um, these projects. Um, now, just because you set it up doesn't mean that it comes funded. So it's something for you to pray about. Um, don't worry. Don't get nervous. I'm not passing the plate tonight. It's something that I believe that this is too big for you and I to take care of. But it's not too big for our God. And I'm going to illustrate in a moment how when we step out by faith, there's other people who will step out with you that wouldn't have stepped out if you didn't step out. And I believe with my whole heart the things that I've already said that sound like well, he's, just, he's just upset about some things. There's a host of pastors who feel the same way I feel. And if the Lord has revealed it in my heart to share, something tells me it's going to be very well received. And who knows what the Lord is going to do? But the great, that's the great commission trust. Is that the last slide? Okay. I couldn't remember what other thing I put on there. Here's some things I want to mention to you. I know I'm throwing a lot at you. I mentioned earlier that there's some things that the Lord has put in my heart and that by faith we've stepped out. You can think about what some of these would be. The ranch, aviation, camp ministry. We could go on and on and on. So, Pastor, how are you going to do all that? I'm not going to do all that. I've, I've told the Lord I'll do whatever you want me to do but I can't do any more than I'm already doing. I feel, as this makes sense, I'm the pastor of the Emmanuel Baptist Church. I'm to reach my Jerusalem. I'm to reach my Judea, which I believe some of these fall into Judea and Samaria. And then, of course, into the uttermost. That's what I believe I'm supposed to do. I believe I'm supposed to write. The Great Commission is the 19th book I've been able to, 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 to put into print with the help of the, of the staff here. I believe it's something that God has put in my heart to do. I believe it's something that I'm supposed to do. That's my focus. So how can we do all of this? Well, God's going to have to raise up people to help us do it. For example, with the, the Great Commission Trust, I, I'm excited about this. Uh, many of you will know this individual. Some of you won't. But Brother Tommy Davidson, where are you at? I'm going to have you stand right there so in case somebody doesn't know you. Thank you. You can sit down. Brother Davidson has been a member here how long, Brother Davidson? About 33 years. He has done about everything, been about every ministry you can be in. Faithful, faithful man. As you know, his, his, his wife is in heaven. And is faithful. We've been talking for some time, and he feels like the Lord wants him to do more in these years of his life, especially in, in the area of missions. But Tommy has a great... Background, if you will, in our church and serving in our church, but he's also got a church finance uh, experience in his background. So he's, I'm happy to announce that he is the one who's going to take that great tr commission trust. And he's taken it upon himself to go to churches, talk to individuals, 
to raise the support so that we can do what it is that God would have us to do. I think that's a wonderful thing. And so you need to put him on your prayer list because that's a big task. I mean, I know, I know some pastors and I is one. That's a tough crowd to work with. The devil's not going to be happy about that. I'm excited about that. I'm excited. Say, Pastor, well, how is he going to get? Well, I'm going to have 80 pastors that are going to be hungry, and I'm not going to feed them unless they sign up. <laughs> to have Brother Tommy come in to, or I'll say, Brother Terrell, preach again. I mean, we'll be here all night long. So, Pastor, how do you feel? That's, I think it's going to be, I think the Lord's going to bless that. I think the Lord's going to use that. So, when it comes to the aviation, when it comes to um, these great commission conferences and paying for these missions things, I, I believe we, we've established what I believe the Lord will use as a structure so that He can bless it. I said to you earlier, God's already put here everything that we need. That's an example of somebody who's put here. Uh, the Amanda Ranch. You know the Amanda Ranch is very, very dear to my heart for obvious reasons. The Lord's provided that. I, it is very much a missions ministry. The, the people it's going to help. Hopefully about the same time as that grand opening, November 30, I'll have some, my grief material, grief curriculum that will help people. I, I really believe there's funeral homes that are saying, as soon as you have it, we'll, we'll, we'll give it to the people who come in here. I believe we're going to be able to reach a lot of people in Jacksonville who are hurting and they don't know where to turn. I believe God's going to use that ministry to keep preachers encouraged, to keep Christians encouraged. I believe that with my whole heart. I believe people are going to be saved because of that ministry. Now, I'm not moving to New Mexico. I'm, I'm, I'm busy. It's something near and dear to my heart. I've done what I feel the Lord has had me to do when it comes to the missions, with the aviation, with the Amanda Ranch. I'm excited tonight, just as I've been having some conversations with Tommy Davidson, I've been having some conversations with another church member. Uh, I won't, I'll have you stand, although I think everybody knows who you are, Brother Billy Henson, if you'd stand. Thank you, Brother Billy. Brother Billy's been a member here how many years? 35. He upped you, Brother Tommy, I'm sorry. <laughs> 35 years. Brother Henson and I are, 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 are very, very close. He was the, most of you don't know, he was the best man in my wedding. And it's a miracle. My wife and I have stayed married because of that. But uh, best man in my wedding, but we're very, very close. He has also been having conversations with me, how he feels like the Lord wants him to do. There's something more for him. He's been working for his company for almost that many years and has been very, very successful. He's going to begin transitioning. I hope it's okay for me to say this. I don't think anybody from Airmark's watching. He's going to begin transitioning out of his career into being the full-time executive director of the Amanda Ranch. And he is going to be the representative with uh, businesses and churches and with people and people who are hurting and people who uh, need, need to, to benefit from that. And I think he's the perfect person to do it. Uh, to, he can certainly share my story because he was, fir he was firsthand, as many as you, spectator of it. And uh, certainly uh, he's a good person for that. The Lord has put all these things together, and it's a wonderful, wonderful thing.
I want you to pray for these things. I want you to be on board with them as, as I know you are. But I feel like it's important that I mention these things. I know, I know how big of a task this is. I knew how big some of these things were when I asked you to start praying about it. I said, this is what I feel like the Lord wants me to do. And we've watched God provide. He's going to have to continue to provide, but I believe he will provide. You may have noticed the additional units on the side. And one up here that I told you last Wednesday, I told you I'd tell you about today. There's 116 represented on both sides. Now, some of these, I haven't said much about this lately, some of these represent the units that have been given completely. So, Pastor, what are the other ones? The other ones are units that people are giving towards. So it certainly changes the optics from the ones where they've just been given to the number 116 that there are people giving towards. So those are in progress. And so we're going to continue to give towards those so that we can do the things that we need to do. This one here, and this will tie into the, to the last thing I want to say, and, and, and we'll be, be, I told you I was excited about this one. This one represents money given by local businesses to the help of our expansion. Brother Bobby Young has been helping me with that, and they will give money to get him off the phone. And so... But there's been enough given, and, he, and we're going to continue to do that, to give towards. Now, some of you think I'm crazy. I'll pause right there. But I said if when we started this units and being dollars, I said if you'll meet me halfway, I believe in my whole heart God will give the other half the units. I still believe that. Uh, this is, represents one, and I believe God's going to give the other. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Somebody else would give towards that. I also alluded this past week, and I'm not going to say much about this, and don't come ask me a question about it because I will not divulge any information. I've been having conversations with several people, some who are part of our church, some, this individual I'm going to talk about in a second, who's not. And I have not even shared this. My, my wife tried to get it out of me, and I wouldn't divulge it. But... There are people paying attention to our faith. You know, we've got to be reminded God is in complete control of what we do as a church. I'm going to be honest with you. I was sharing this with some before the church. When we came to this property, I believe I thought God was just going to throw buildings up here. I'm not saying he's not. He's going to. Let me tell you what he has done. He said, hold on right there. I'm going to open this door, and 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 this door. You know why? Because he's expanded our reach in the Great Commission. I'm not in control of that. You're not in control of that. Let me tell you who's in control of that. God's in control of that. But there's people who are noted, have noticed our faith, and we haven't done anything but just go about our business. But I've been having conversations with an individual and I, I have, I'm not going to say anything about who he is, allude to who it is, but I have permission to say this tonight, that has committed to build a building for us. 
When I say that, he's not sending his construction crew out here. But this is what he said. He said, I'll not build the first one. He said, your people build the first one. I'll build one after that. I think that's pretty good. Now, I said, now, let me, you're not talking about the shed for the lawnmowers, are you? I think these things through. But I think that's a good example of when people see our faith. God can touch the heart of anyone. So why do I share that tonight? We're on the right track. We're heading in the right direction. And God has given us an opportunity that I'm excited of what he's doing. I don't even know how to end this tonight. But just I felt like it was time to talk about our missions and talk about what the Lord is doing. Make aware of some things that he's doing moving forward. People to pray for. Things to be a part of. Our Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, that's our church. That's our Christian school. That's our Bible college. That's our, that's our country. That's our continent. We're not going to neglect the rest of the world, but we have a responsibility. You know, each generation, the world's different when a new generation comes in. This is a generation God put me in. I think it it's amazing to think of all that Dr. Lee Robertson did for reach the world and send those missionaries all over the world. That's not the generation he put me in. I believe God has put us here to help reach our nation, to reach those around us. At the same time, going to these other places and training those in the Great Commission. Will you pray for this? Will you pray about this? Let's continue to be faithful. I believe God's raising up the right people. There's many that God's brought into our church this year, the last couple of years. I did not bring you here. The staff men did not bring you here. God brought you here. He brought you here for such a time as this. Let's do everything that we can do. Let's be faithful. God is faithful. Many of you, God's going to start working in your heart just as he's worked in these two men. I don't 12 of you come to me tonight and say, Pastor, I think it, but God's going to work in your heart. There's going to be some that we go on these mission trips and say, Pastor, I'm going to go. I want to go. I believe that's in our future. Pray for these things. Let's be faithful to fulfill the great commission. It's a wonderful day. It's a day of challenges, but it's a wonderful, wonderful day to be a part of God's work. Father, I pray that you would use your church in the days ahead. May you stir our hearts to do more for you. We ask this in Jesus' name. We stand to our feet tonight. The altar is open. I would ask as the piano plays whenever they're ready, could we as a church close by gathering in prayer for the things that 